during my early development years, they discovered that I had a few issues. <laughs> One being my speech. And this issue became an insecurity for many, many years. The reason why I felt like I wanted to like step away from being a YouTuber and go more into content creating was because I felt a very, uh, not very, but a little bit stagnant, especially at a certain point in my journey. I'm just loving Doja Cat's journey thus far. You know, Say So is a banger. Cyber Sex is a good song as well. Just a lot of single worthy songs on that album, Love is Blind. Now that has been interesting to watch. And I feel like it came at such an interesting time because with Love Island just being so rubbish this year, we needed something else that was similar but different. And that is- I'm a classic man. Hey, welcome to my first official episode of my podcast, The Classic Manny Show, where we're going to be talking about everything to do with lifestyle, popular culture, personal stories, and more. I'm absolutely excited to do this right now. And before I go any further, I want to thank those who have helped making this happen, starting with Tolu DK for creating the artwork for us. You can find her on tdkdesigns underscore on Instagram. Thank you to Mello as well from Podcast Studio Highest for giving the podcast a home. Literally, as you can see from the visuals, isn't it? It's lit. So thank you very much for having us because we spent a lot of time planning this and I'm really grateful to have a space and actually bring this to life. And thank you to you guys as well for giving me your suggestions on social media when I shared this idea, I think about three months ago. Yeah, so thank you to everyone that has shared, that has answered the poll questions relating to how they wanted to see this podcast, what to hear. I appreciate it. I'm actually really nervous right now, but we're going to get through this, okay? <laughs> The purpose of this episode is just to introduce myself to you guys or introduce myself to you if you've never heard of me before prior to this. My name is Manny, Emmanuel, the classic Manny, whichever you prefer to refer to me as. And you can use the hashtag TCM show on social media to join the conversation. So yeah, my journey as a creative started four years ago, but my journey did not start just there. It started 23 years ago. Yep, we're going all the way back. <laughs> so yeah, 23 years ago, a Ghanaian queen and Antiguan king, king came together and they made a beautiful baby boy and they named him Emmanuel. And I'm sharing this because it's actually a story and a lesson and a message behind it. So during my early development years, they discovered that I had a few issues. <laughs> One being my speech. And this issue became an insecurity for many, many years. So yeah, like, I just hated reading in class. I hated like participating in plays. Even though I loved drama and acting and that kind of stuff, that insecurity did hold me back for so many years. I would say even down to university. But it was around my first year of uni that I actually decided to start my channel. So when I started first year, we were told to write three goals. So one short term, medium term and long term. So when I was September 2015, I wrote down my long term goal was to start my channel. And I actually started it in 2016. So that was April, so a few months earlier than planned. But yeah, I think doing that and also going to university as well and being forced to step out of your comfort zone, it really encouraged me to just work on that insecurity and just work on that floor. If I was to actually follow that insecurity and let that hinder me, I would not be starting this podcast today or I would not have started my channel four years ago. So that's the message behind that. Just keep on going, don't allow anything that society says or that people say around you to define you or hinder you because look at me now <laughs> I'm here with my podcast as I said the purpose of this episode just talk about the podcast what to expect why I transitioned from podcast like from YouTube to podcasting and I was going to try and also add some popular culture topics here that I've written down yeah so I started my journey in YouTube 
four years ago, but I actually want to start my channel in 2012. As you could see on my channel starting date, it says sometime in 2012. And I started my channel because I knew I had something in me that I wanted to bring out publicly because I feel like I was this very bubbly kid, like, especially like a baby, a baby in toddler years. I was very bubbly and then obviously life happens, you experience certain things such as like bullying and all that kind of stuff and it kind of puts you in a shell. So I knew that that was not me. I'm not someone that likes to be in a shell. So I just said, so let me start my channel to bring out this side of me. Like I remember when I recorded my first video and showed this to my family before it went up live on YouTube. They were like, wait, is that you? Because <laughs> they were so used to this boy that was very shy, very quiet, but they were surprised to see this other side of him where just, just bubbly, full of life, you know? So that's why I started my channel and I'm really grateful for the opportunity that's come my way through doing YouTube. But at a certain point, if I'm being real here, the reason why I'm starting this podcast is to keep it all the way 100, you know, with certain things. So the reason why I felt like I didn't want to do YouTube or be a YouTuber anymore. Obviously not, not to YouTube because even the podcast might be on YouTube. But the reason why I felt like I wanted to like step away from being a YouTuber and go more into content creating was because I felt a very, a, not very, but a little bit stagnant, especially at a certain point in my journey. You know, I feel like numbers wise, I feel like it was not growing, but that was the issue because for me, if I go back to why I started, I started because I wanted to make an impact naturally. I don't want to do all the like, clout chasing stuff. That's not money. That's not me, you know? So I just wanted to go back to the drawing board and do something different, make sure that I remembered why I started, which is why I said, let me just start a podcast. And I feel like with starting a podcast and being a content creator, you have more creative control. You're not focused on the numbers or that kind of stuff. Just making good content and posting. So that's why I said I'd rather just step back from being a YouTuber and go more to being a content creator. And I know how much effort I put into my content. Like I could spend hours <laughs> on editing alone. Like obviously raw editing, I can take just a few minutes, but because of color grading, making sure the sound is correct, I could spend hours on that, just perfecting it. So they know what, well, let me just go down the content creating route instead of being a YouTuber. Because being a YouTuber, they're required to do a lot of these clout chase and stuff, trendy stuff. That's not me. Like I'd rather do stuff that represents me as a content creator. So that's what I decided to. And on top of that, I might be spending a little bit of tea here, but YouTube has also changed over the years as well. So if I talk about it from the content creating aspect of things, I feel like YouTube was its most authentic. I'll say around 2017 backwards, you know, especially that year because that was when I even planned my event, the Black British YouTubers Brunch. That is a tongue twister. So that's why I have to even change the name. <laughs> it's a long name, but it's known as BBYB 2017, which aimed to just support creatives, encourage them, and just give them, and let's celebrate them because I don't feel like we're celebrated enough as especially Black creatives. So that's why I started that event. And that same year, YouTube had their own event, YouTube Black 2017. I'm not sure if that was their first one, but <laughs> that was the event that they had. And I feel like that really encouraged us black UK creatives to just keep on going. I remember the day after the YouTube black event, oh my goodness, everybody was posting and I love to see it, you know, and that's why I even had my own event. But the the years following that, I feel like YouTube changed from that whole um, new rule that, that they created, which was to have 1,000 subscribers and 40,000 minutes to watch or something. I know that discouraged a lot of people. I was close to the requirement anyway, but I was demonetized briefly and then they remonetized my account again it was just long and a lot of people were discouraged by that but YouTube itself had changed so much especially when it came to the, even the event that they had the following year I remember they had I can't want to be saying names here <laughs> they had KSI on the as the face of that year and I know that listen I know he's black you know but there are things that he has compromised and a lot of people were upset by that and not just that but also 
the fact that it was a black event, but black creators could not come in, you know, that created a lot of issues. I feel like YouTube had changed a lot, not just from the creative point of view, but also the platform itself. So I was like, you know what? Yeah, I love being a YouTuber. I've loved what is brought my way, all that kind of stuff, but I'd rather just redirect my brand and just make it more interesting. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I did not expect certain things that came away during the years of being a YouTuber, of course, just getting um, offers to be on panels. But the issue was the insecurity. Like I only went on my first panel like last year, but I was getting a lot of offers prior to that. But I would always make an excuse like, oh, I live too far. <laughs> or, or I think I was just, I was making every excuse just not to do it. And that's why I shared that story at the beginning, just to make sure that you don't allow that insecurity and that fear to control you and hinder your progress. But I had the opportunity last year, which I'll get into in a bit as well, that really did help me grow as an individual too. <laughs> I started this podcast to just have more freedom as a creative, you know, I feel like I'm not limited to create what I want to create. And also a lot of you guys has encouraged me to do my own podcast, especially after I featured a lot of podcasts for the past year or two. I want to give each of them an individual shout out because it's thanks to them that people want me to actually start my own podcast. So I'm going to start in order of the ones that I was on first until the most recent one. So the first podcast I was on was No Shape Podcast, which is hosted by a queer Aubrey and it's my own royalty, aka Esther. Big shout out to both of them. That was my first podcast experience ever and I was nervous, but it was so fun. And it was actually a very good conversation that we had. And I went on your podcast again last year, not last year, this year actually, to fill in for a queer who was in Afro Nation at the time. And that was another fun episode. The next podcast I was on was Laid Bear Podcast, which is hosted by Olani, um, Shani Jamila and Scott Young Famous, AKA Shakira. And that was an amazing episode as well. Like obviously being on a podcast with Olani, um, Shakira, who I've watched for over a decade. So I, I didn't even realize how long I've watched her for until the end of this, or last year when she did like her decade breakdown and she spoke about her show on Famous, which she did about 10 years ago. And I could not believe how long it's been. And it was, I was low-key starstruck. I was like, wow, <laughs> to be in the same room as all of them. I love SJ as well. SJ is amazing, beautiful. I feel like we're so similar in a sense as well. You know, so I definitely loved being on that episode as well. The next podcast I was on was Just A Tip Podcast, which is a very <laughs> sexual-based podcast like Laid Bear, which is hosted by Georgette, who I love so much. I was on that podcast episode of Darkwa, who is into drag and is just doing big things. He's on BET UK as well, hosting um, for their new segment, and he's doing big things as well. So big shout out to them. It was a very good episode. I think Georgia got emotional towards the end of the episode. That's how deep that episode was. But it was really good to be on that podcast and just get more experience as well. The next podcast I was on now, I believe, was Loose Talk Podcast, which was host, or which is hosted, I should say, by Ian, who I had met a year before on a project that never really got to come out, but I got to meet him there and it was just good vibes, as well as Kamzi and Jay. I know Kamzi and him interact on social media, on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. And also I'd met Jay for the first time there, but it was a really good episode. And that was the first time I had worked with a male creative and I just felt very comfortable to talk about certain topics that... I wouldn't really talk about with males as well, like on a day-to-day, especially hetero males as well. So it was good to be on a on a podcast like that and just feel comfortable. I feel like every podcast I've been on, I felt very comfortable as well. So I'm really grateful for all the opportunities. The next one I was on was Monica Lee's podcast, Talks with Monica Lee. But I've got to pause there because before I was on the podcast, I was invited to be a panelist on 
her one of her panel shows that was done in July 2019 and that was held in Box Park and that was an amazing experience as I said I rejected a lot of offers to be on podcast and not podcast on panels as well like in previous times but that time she had messaged me and she's just such good vibe that she came and it was like oh do you remember the one that um asked for advice on ring lights and stuff like that listen i know you from back chat like i've known you for a very long time so i was really honored to be invited to be a part of her live show and yeah it was really good it was really good i i was definitely out of my comfort zone <laughs> nervous at first but it was really good we got to share a lot of lessons that we've learned experiences it was good and i was also invited to be on her podcast which is the podcast version of her live show talks monica lee i was on that episode with shaheem who is a very good friend of mine um he as you would say he's a vibe <laughs> he's a vibe he's an influencer a content creator as well and i was also on the podcast episode with ro rosie she's also got her own podcast tutu's podcast along with her best friend nana so big shout out to them it was really good. And I, I just spoke about like fatherhood or that kind of stuff. It was good. <laughs> it was really interesting. I think the final podcast I was on Price Time, my own podcast was my friend's podcast, Mariam. Her podcast is called Creating Candor. That was another deep conversation. And it felt good because that's actually a friend that has known my journey, especially for the past year. So it was good to just have that conversation. It felt like a conversation with a friend. And that's what it really was. What to expect from the podcast? We're going to be having a lot of great conversations. There might be an episode where I might be by myself. And it might be an episode where I'll have a special guest. I've got a few already noted down. I'm going to invite them over. And hopefully they accept to be a part of the episode. But yeah, I've got a lot of conversations that I can't wait to have with you guys. As I said, make sure to use the hashtag TCM show and follow um, our page, TC Manny. Well, I've got to actually confirm that app, to be honest. I'll put the app on the screen because <laughs> I've got that app already, but I don't know if I want to keep that app. So it'll be on the screen. And obviously in future episodes, I'll be able to tell you the actual app. But yeah, we're going to have a lot of good conversations, amazing guests, talking about lifestyles, as I said, popular culture, sharing personal stories and more. Now I want to go into trending topics and I want to start off with Doja Cat who has been on the rise for the past year or two. She's, well, she's been here for a bit, but in terms of her success, she's been on the rise for about a year or two. Um, I believe she released her album, Amala, which is her government name. <laughs> yeah, so she's her album. From that album, um, she dropped Juicy and she dropped the remix with, what's the name again? Is it Tiger or Tiger? Tiger. <laughs> what a mess. Tiger. Which was a big success. And obviously she dropped her album Hot Pink, which came out, I believe, at the end of last year, the middle of last year. And from that album has birthed a lot of singles and a lot of hits. Say So is a big hit right now. I think it became big from... Um, the TikTok video that came out went viral as well. So I'm really happy for her. I really love her journey. And what I love about her journey is the fact that her team is actually pushing her, which is quite weird because I found out recently that her team is RCA Records, <laughs> which is the one that's actually like got Namani right now. And her journey, we're going to get to that in a bit as well because we need to see Namani doing bits, but they're kind of holding her back a little bit. But we'll talk about Doja Cat for now. I'm just loving Doja Cat's journey thus far. You know, Say So is a banger. Cyber Sex is a good song as well. Just a lot of single-worthy songs on that album that I've never seen an era like that in a long time. Another artist as well that I'm really loving as well is, uh, what's her name again, Dua Lipa. I love Dua Lipa's era right now. She had a lot of criticism for her stage presence, her sound. They thought it was too mediocre. And what I love about her journey is that she did not 
take that to heart. She'd make it personal. She took all the feedback and has come back with a different sound. It's more like a disco, 70s, 80s as well. Same as Doja Cat Say So, so it's more like a disco vibe and the video is sick. I'm really excited for both of them and I really do hope that they do succeed in their field as well. It's exciting stuff. It's actually exciting to see. Now I want to talk about um, Normani as well, who I love. I love her and I feel like with her journey, it has been interesting to say the least. Because <laughs> she started off in Fifth Harmony, as we know, started from X Factor. When it comes to Fifth Harmony as well, I don't think their goal was to be in a group. <laughs> and it showed because it was like five different singers being put together by force in one group. And that was the case. And obviously Camilla left and if we're being honest and put aside our personal opinions on her and her like her previous racist tweets that came out, she's had a good career, especially in the beginning as well from that Havana song that is stuck in our heads for like so long. So she had Havana as well, which was a big hit and she had a very good rollout. And we thought that Namani would have something similar because obviously she came out with Love Lies with Khalid, um, Dance With A Stranger, with Sam Smith as well. Like there's, a lot, there's been a lot of good songs here and there, but the rollout has not been smooth compared to, let's say, Camilla or even Georgia Cat right now. You know, and I do hate to see it though, because she's very talented. She can dance, she can sing, she can release bops as well. And that's something that people are not doing enough nowadays. So I feel like her team are letting her down. Even that whole performance that happened, I can't remember what, what performance it was, but she was wearing the Kobe Bryant tribute outside, whatever. But that should never really happened. We need to focus on her just bringing out solo material, having enough songs to actually perform because how can you have a 30 minute set and you only have a few songs to your name, you've got motivation. And even with motivation, speaking of motivation actually, the issue with that is they brought out a song, I feel like it was very Ariana Grande inspired and she did, she did write the song as well. But the issue was they released the song and they just let it, let it die out. Whilst I feel like it has so much potential to do much better charts wise and just being more in our ears as well. Cause the thing about Camilla, uh, Camilla Cabello, you know, Camilla's success is the fact that her sound was always in our ears, like you know, on the radio, on the TV, in ads, all that kind of stuff. So it was annoying that with Namani, I feel like her team has just been too comfortable, too relaxed. You can't be relaxed. Cause as I'm saying, the fact that she and Doja Cat are on the same label, but not even in the money's recent interview, so that's going to release another single in the summer. We don't have time. <laughs> we don't have time. By the time we get to summer, there's going to be another artist out there that's people going to focus on. And unfortunately, the sad reality is she has to work three times as hard compared to an average artist. So I just need to see her in, in the media more, you know, in the, not just in the media, because she has been doing Savage X Fenty, doing magazine covers, but we need to see her actually releasing solo material. There's enough features to last for like 10 years. It's enough. It's actually okay now. So... That is my thoughts on the money right now. I now want to move on and talk about Love is Blind. Now, that has been interesting to watch. And I feel like it came at such an interesting time because with Love Island just being so rubbish this year, we needed something else that was similar but different. And that is exactly what Love is Blind is. And I tried to find an actual like short description about Love is Blind, but they weren't even describing it well. So I wrote my own description. And I wrote down that Love is Blind is a reality dating show in which contestants aren't allowed to see each other. They are put in separate pods or rooms and have a number of days to get to know each other and choose to either get engaged or just walk out without a partner while still not, not seeing each other. Once they get to see each other, they have three to four weeks to decide whether they are compatible and want to marry each other. And as I was watching, I was like, listen, could I ever do that? And the answer is no. <laughs> I could never because I feel like one thing about me is that I think looks are just as important as personality. Use the hashtag to let me know your thoughts. Do you think that looks are just as important? Do you prefer personality over looks? 
Let me know your thoughts with the hashtag TCM show. But I feel like I need both. Because <laughs> I don't want to have the ick like Leanne. Look how Leanne had the ick over Mike's personality. I don't have the ick about someone's looks. And neither do I want to have the ick about their personality as well. Because this, the things that I've dated good-looking people in the past as well, and they've had good personality, and I feel like I need a bit of both. If you've got good looks, but you have no good personality, you just come off boring to me, and I just I feel like we'll just die out eventually. So I don't think I could just do the show and just rely on their personality. I feel like personality is great. I'm more attracted to personality, but I still need the looks as well on the side, <laughs> okay? <laughs> so I want to go into each couple or ex-couple. I want to start off with, what's the name again? Carlton and Diamond. So... When I started watching the show and I got to know more about um, Carl's house, I was like, hmm, this guy, are you sure that he's straight? <laughs> you know, and eventually we found out that he's actually bi, but he did not tell um, Diamond that he was bi until after they got engaged. And then when he told her, I think at first she was very empathetic, but later on she said, listen, I feel like he deceived me, all that kind of stuff. And the, it was a whole discussion on the, on the TL uh, was she being biphobic or was he being um, deceptive? And I feel like it's a bit of both, you know? It's a bit of both. And I understand both sides. I understand his frustration and trying to hide his thing to, to be accepted. But obviously, regardless of if he hid it for one day, one week, one month, one year, if she was to find out, it would be an issue. You know, I feel like if she has an issue with it, it would be an issue. Her reaction will always be the same, you know? So I personally feel he should have said it at least before they got engaged so she can make her mind up and and actually decide that she wants to be with someone that is bi because it's not everyone that's built for that life. <laughs> it's not everyone that's built for that. And doesn't mean that, oh, because he's bi, he's going to go and enjoy both sides. But it's just more of like just having that clarity. You don't want the, the streets come and tell you about your partner. Because even I remember when I was dating someone last year and I found out something, I can't really say it because that's their personal business, but they found out something to do with their family dynamic. And it put me up because I found out through somebody else. And the issue that someone can take your story and just make light of it make fun of it and i feel like i'd rather you share your 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 truth and if something that i can handle cool if it's not something i can't handle <laughs> it's not going to work so i understood where she was coming from and i get well the funny thing is i actually learned from this whole experience that the gay experience is different to a bi experience is different to a um, lesbian experience because i feel like as a gay person you don't really have to say oh this is the fact because you're dating someone the same sex as you, but you being bi is slightly different because it's two different sides altogether. That's someone, that's a whole different experience in itself, you know. So I understood his side, but he was absolutely rude to come and come for her wig like that. She he came for her wig, the bi jumped out. <laughs> I said, Wow, and I was literally cracking up for minutes because how can he come for her wig like that? So that her wig was slipping and sliding. <laughs> No, it was good though. It was actually really interesting to see that. And it's actually a real thing. It's a real thing that happens in real life. Just like the whole Philip, is this Scofield? I don't know how to say his name. But just when he came out as well, that's actually things that's very common, especially in the black community as well. I've heard a few scenarios from the, the older generation where the uncle's married woman so she can be the beard, whilst these times he's dipping and doing on the other side, you know? So it's quite unfortunate, but it is what it is. Let me know your thoughts using the hashtag TCM show. The next couple I want to talk about in no particular order is Jessica and Mark. And this was just so awkward to watch all the way down to the engagement. By the way, if you've not watched the episode, if you've not watched the full season, sorry, I would say skip the podcast a little bit. I'll try and give a timestamp on the YouTube version. If not, I'll put a timestamp in the description as well. If you've not watched the whole season, please skip. <laughs> Don't say I spoiled it for you. But yeah, going back to Jessica and Mark. Oh gosh, that was so awkward to watch because I feel like Jessica saw Mark as a convenience. I think she was initially attracted to Barnett. 
<laughs> but he said he didn't want her. He was more interested in Amber, who I'll get into. Oh gosh, that one. We'll get to her a bit as well. But yeah, he said he was more interested in um in Amber. And I feel like she only went with Mark because he was the only remaining option. And it showed <laughs> because she was making every excuse under the sun to not be with him. And Mark was not getting the hint. <laughs> he was trying to force this thing to happen. And I feel like his desperation just clouded his judgment. It was horrible to watch. It was so awkward. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But yeah, so obviously, if you watch the final episode, she said no. She didn't agree to marry him. And I feel like. It was so expected. The one I was not expecting, we're going to say in a bit. But yeah, I feel like he broke upon himself. And the funny thing is that he said it himself when she came back. She said, listen, I'm not, I'm nobody's seconds, but he became her second and her third and her fourth. You, you know, so that was very awkward to watch. It was horrible. Um, but I think Jessica too, I feel like she has a lot of issues herself that I don't think she, I've not just her as well, but a few people on that show, like Amber as well. I would say, um, who else is there that has issues? As a Carlton, as, we, as we've already discussed, everyone had their own issues. And I think that's the reality of dating as well. Nobody's perfect. Nobody has their life together. I think if you're looking for a perfect person, it's not going to exist. But at the same time, you have to find someone that's actually ready and ready for you as well. Because I feel like if it was, uh, not Carlton, if it was Barnett saying the things that Mark said to Jessica, she'll be ready. But she just didn't want Mark. I think it was even a whole decade younger than her as well. So it's like, I just feel there were so many things out that she didn't want to do, but she's trying to settle and compromise. Don't compromise, because that's just awkward. Nobody needs to feel forced to love anybody. We're not in the 1960s, okay? We're in 2020, love who you want to love and do that unapologetically, you know? But that was definitely interesting to watch. Okay, the next couple I want to talk about is, is it Gianna or Gianna? But I don't know her name. Gigi, let's call her Gigi for the sake of pronouncing her name correctly. Actually, that's her, that's her nickname as well. So we're talking about Gigi and Damien. Now, this one was another awkward one to watch as well because I feel like Damien was more into her than she was into him. And she's just very rude. And when you watch the actual wedding where he did say no, <laughs> Um, you can see where she gets it from. She gets it from Milady, which is her mom. Her mom is called Milady and her name is Gianna Milady, whatever her name is. But yeah, I just feel like it was just very awkward to watch. There were times where she was just so disrespectful. Like, how can you go and tell your man <laughs> that the sex is whack? I was like, oh my God. But I feel like it's not about just saying it, but it's how you say it as well. Like, it was so disrespectful. And I've, I could kind of see the resentment as he was saying why he didn't want to marry her. And I feel like he was right. I don't think she was mentally prepared for what was to come with that marriage. I think it was his parents didn't want to meet them. I thought that was a sign in itself. That was a sign that this was not going to work. And... I'm happy that he said no, but the way she handled it was <laughs> hilarious. She actually fell on the grass, actually, actually ran away. I said, wow, the dramatics is so real. And she did say that she learned English through obviously watching movies. So I can imagine like the dramatics and how she deals with things is based on how she has seen on movies, but it's not good enough. It's, that's not a good enough excuse as to being so rude, but I don't know. I think I actually heard that Jessica and Mark actually got back together, but I'm hoping that's not true because that guy doesn't want to learn. He doesn't want to learn until his dying day, I guess. So <laughs> that's his own, honestly. But yeah, Gianna and Mark was interesting. Now, the shocker of the season was definitely Kenny and Kelly. <laughs> so for me personally, I was not really paying attention to them. Those other couples that had more of my attention than Kenny and Kelly. But what got my attention was at the final episode when... Kelly said no to Kenny. And I, from what I heard from the TL, it was because she was still stuck on her ex. But I wasn't paying attention to even know why she said no, because I actually thought they were strong. <laughs> I thought they were strong that she was going to say yes and he will say yes too. But she said no. She said no to the man. He said, no, sir. <laughs> you know? And obviously, 
I'm glad she actually followed her heart, but I just feel like she was not transparent with him enough to the point that she was even smirking as she left the house. Like, no. And I was even saying, going back to my point, can I do the show? No, because if someone said no to me, or I was on the aisle, listen, I hate public embarrassment. I hate public humiliation. I'll fall on the floor right now, you know. I'll actually fall on the floor. <laughs> I'll genuinely fall on the floor if someone said no to me, if I, or my family, my friends. That's just so embarrassing. So... Yeah, that was very awkward to watch. I can't say much about them because I wasn't really paying attention. But I feel like the couple of the season for me was Cameron and Lauren. I love them two together. Okay, at first I was like, I'm right because they were saying I love you on day four. But you have to bear in mind, just like Love Island, they are put together like 24-7 for a matter of days as well. So of course, feelings will heighten quicker than the average. Because obviously some of us, we see our, our lovers or people that we're dating like once a week or more, hopefully. <laughs> Please, the more the better. Anyway, <laughs> it's good to see, obviously. But with them, it's obviously constantly seeing each other's so of course, feelings will intensify more. But as I got to watch the show, I genuinely loved them two together. And I was surprised to find out that this show was filmed two years ago. And we only got to see it last week, or not last week, the, uh, over the past few weeks. So it's good to know they're still together, going strong. We'd love to see it. Of course, I was, I was watching the whole dynamic with their mom and their dad. And I was like, hmm, I'm kind of worried because obviously, well... She is black and he is white as well. And obviously he has experience with dating black women as well, which is good. And I think what I loved the most was how aware he was of what their future kids would have to experience. That conversation, I was like, God, <laughs> if I was going to date outside my, of my race, I would happily go for someone like Cameron who is very aware of the reality of being an interracial couple, of she being a black woman, the kids having to be mixed, all that kind of stuff. So it was very good to see. I genuinely love watching them together. He's actually very emotionally like aware of himself, which is something that we don't get to see a lot. And I love to see it. We genuinely love to see it. Have I missed out any couple? Let me see. Okay, Amber and Barnett. See, I almost missed them out. So <laughs> Amber and Barnett. Ugh, my spirit doesn't connect with them at all. Like, Amber is a bum. How can you say, <laughs> listen, she is proud to rely on Barnett, who she's only met for three weeks. Listen, the issue with this is that if he was to be the devil's incarnate, like, how, how would you survive? How would you cope? Like, to be so reliant on somebody just met for the past month, I believe, because, as I said, they had a week to get to know each other and get engaged in three to four weeks to see if they could make it down the aisle or that kind of stuff. So you've got to know this person in a short space of time. Like, how do you know that this person will love you forever? And if they let you go, how are you going to survive? Because you're being reliant on somebody else. And the fact that she said that she was, like, she had so much student finals, whatever, waiting for her at the door. <laughs> and she also said, what did she say again? She said that she had, um, her only credit card was a $800 makeup um, card. I said, what? <laughs> and at first of all, I, didn't know, I never knew that was actually a thing. But on top of that as well, like priorities, <laughs> where are your priorities? First, she has no ambitions and no goals. Like, obviously, I don't really want to judge anybody. That's not me. But it's like, when you're proud to come on TV and say that you love to rely on somebody else's income, I was like, nah, girl, this is not it. So I was upset to find out that they actually end up getting married but as I said the show was filmed two years ago and they're still together so hopefully something's going right there because that was definitely interesting to see but yeah Barnett I feel like Barnett and um, Jessica may have been more compatible just based on maybe their financial stability because I know obviously with Mark I don't well Mark and Amber actually they're not really in the most stable place as well especially for marriage as well I was like huh because even Jessica Jessica was making like relevant points but I don't think she was being honest in terms of how those issues would affect her. You know, the fact that she said that she would prefer if they could be separate, like how they were in the pod. I just found, I found Jessica to be a very weird one, to be honest, very weird. But going back to Amber as well, 
I just feel like she's just so young. Like, she needs to find herself as well. But if she wants to be a real housewife of whatever they're from, she might as well go ahead, you know? But yeah, that is my thoughts on the show thus far. I'm definitely looking forward to the reunion next week. I'm, I'm looking forward to see if they're still together, who actually separated, how they're going to deal with certain topics, when they actually did not last long, how they're going to talk about things. Now, the final topic I want to talk about for today is, oh my gosh, Auntie Boots. As well as, not just Auntie Boots, but just the topic and the issue of people addressing the wrong people, like, especially when it comes to situations like cheating, infidelity, all that kind of stuff. I feel like people tend to go to the side heifer, as I like to refer to them as the side heifer. You know, they have to go to the side heifer more than the actual partner who actually committed the, the infidelity, you know? Because at the end of the day, if the person that was involved in the situation is out of the picture, there's still that issue of them being a cheating ass bastard, you know, or a witch, if it's a woman that's a, that's a cheater, you know. So I want to start with Auntie Boots. So if you don't know about Auntie Boots, you're living under a rock because that went around like in less than 12 hours. I remember, I think the video circulated while I was asleep. And then I woke up the next morning, I was like, who's Auntie Boots? I actually tweeted, who's Auntie Boots? Then someone sent me the video. And I was like, oh my goodness, first of all, why is the daughter getting involved in grumpy business? So what happened was, Okay, now there's different sides of the story that I'm hearing right now, but if I put it together, an auntie of the family had been dating, apparently, um, her dad. But what the people are saying, what she's saying now is that the fact that their mom and the dad had to separate for so long. But I think the issue was more the fact that she was, or the dad had moved on with an auntie that they've known for 20 years. So she went to go and confront her in Boots. And I don't know who recorded, I don't know if it was a family member that recorded it or a friend that recorded it or just a customer. But yeah, she confronted her saying, oh, you are a slag, you're this, you're that, you're that. You know, and obviously, I've, well, I don't know how that developed, but of, of course, I know Boots being Boots, there might probably be a disciplinary or just maybe like a proper further investigation on this issue. And again, I was like, listen, I hope you're putting that same energy into your father because you could go and fight Auntie Boots all day or every day, but this, the issue will always remain until he chooses to focus on the moment. And then again, if it's true that the moment that's separated and what's the purpose of going to confront somebody in their place of work? And I feel like that was just so wrong, to be honest. I thought, well, oh God forbid, but if that was my situation, I would rather not get involved in it. <laughs> that's that's grown people's business. That's not my battle to fight. You know, of course, it would be annoying. And I, I talked to my friend Monica about this and I said, the most I would do is just ignore the auntie and just <laughs> I'll make her life hell, but not to the extent of going to her workplace and trying to cause beef. That is not what I'm here for, you know? And it was just sad to see, but... Let me know your thoughts on that situation. I think people already shared their thoughts, but let me know your thoughts using the TCM show hashtag as well. To the topic of the issue of infidelity and just not being treated with respect, I want to talk about the whole situation with Alexis Sky, Jada, and Little Baby. Alexis Sky is the baby mama of one of these rappers, and I know Jada is also the big mama of Little Baby as well. And apparently, they both dated Little Baby. I just look at the situation and like. Why are you fighting over this guy? Like, this guy is not worth it. This guy is not worth all of this. And as I said, just putting the wrong energy into the wrong thing. And I don't know much about Jada as a person, but what I do know is that she takes a lot of disrespect from this man. And I feel like it's, it's just wrong. And I feel like she's putting all her energy into the wrong people. I feel like what she needs to do is focus on the baby, leave little baby to go and do what he needs to do. You know, let him go be a hoe. Because you can't change somebody wants to, that wants to hurt around, you know? And... I just feel like it's so embarrassing to see mothers just fighting on social media, just taking low blows. I know one spoke about another's deceased brother. I was like, God forbid, because it bring up something like that. Oh my God, we're gonna have to fight. <laughs> we're gonna have to fight. So I just feel like we're just in a time where people are just investing the wrong energy into the wrong things. And I think another issue is putting all your issues on social media. Where it, I miss those days where we can just deal with things 
in our homes. Oh, there's no point bringing on social media because now you're putting your dirty laundry on the whole TL for everyone to make fun of you. Uh, and I, just, I think it's just embarrassing. There's another video that circulated as well of an auntie confronting another side heifer, as I like to say. And I think she was more upset by the fact that her husband did another type of sex, or, or anal sex, with the, uh, the um, side heifer. And I feel like she was like, oh, you don't know what you put my family free? Put me through so much help just because of what they chose to do in the bedroom. And I was like... Listen, again, you're putting the energy into the wrong person. That is your husband that's going to cheat. And I, was, and I said on the TL as well, I said, if he's comfortable enough to go and do that with another girl, that is not his first time. A hundred percent not his first time doing that. You know, so again, putting the energy into the right things, the right people is what I would encourage because it's just, nah, it's not worth it. It's actually not worth it at all. You know, so that is my thoughts on that situation. And I know this episode is going to be quite brief because it's an introductory episode to the podcast. We're going to talk about a lot of personal things over the next few weeks. Uh, it's going to be a, I feel like we're trying to aim for eight episodes this season, if not 10. But we're going to see how it goes. And as I said, thank you once again to my lovely Tolu Tige for creating the artwork for me. And obviously Daniel as well, DB Captures for taking the photo. I forgot to mention him as well. Big shout out to DB Captures as well as Podcast Studio Hire, Mellow as well for giving the podcast a home. As I said, follow me on social media, The Classic Manny on Twitter, Instagram. Um, or subscribe to the channel, The Classic Manny Show. I'm going to rename it to The Classic Manny Show and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform, which is probably going to be Apple Podcast, Spotify, or SoundCloud as well. So thank you for listening. Use the hashtag TCM Show again to join the conversation and I shall see you very soon. I'm a classic man.